Hey everybody, it's your old pal Andrew. Just wanted to remind you, we've got a Patreon. Patreon.com slash GoodTalkStudio. Patreon is a resource for creators, like myself, the other podcasters here. It's a subscription service. So you go to Patreon, you subscribe to our Patreon, you get free, you get not free, you get bonus podcasts. You pay for it, it's not free. Uh, it's bonus episodes. So it's, it has nothing, it is not our free episodes, the normal throwback to school, Gentleman Overlords, Nerddom episodes, but it's bonus episodes. We have bonus episodes of the Gentleman Overlords, bonus episodes of Throwback to School, and an exclusive podcast just on the Patreon where me and Dr. Wally review wrestling pay-per-views. There are two tiers. We have the $1 tier where you get $1, or excuse me, one podcast a month. It shows us support, and it's $1 every month. That's it. We have a $5 tier, which is $5 every month. You get every podcast we put out on the Patreon. Usually two podcasts a week, sometimes one, sometimes three. But you get every podcast we put out, as well as access to all the podcasts we've ever done on the Patreon. So head on over there, patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Studio. You'll get a thank you message from me, personally, I promise, I pledge to you, you get a personal message from me thanking you for subscribing, and you're showing us support. So head on over there, subscribe if you want, if not, great too. Thank you for listening. And I, for one, welcome our new gentlemen, overlords. Who? 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 Now that's a team I can work with. I love it. I love bringing people together. How we doing? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gentlemen Overlords. I'm Andrew. I'm Max. I'm Robert. Boys, what what up? Yo, what dude. Up? Uh, it's the spookiest. What's, what's cracking? It's the spookiest, scariest month of the year. So what's cracking is... Uh, Black cats running around, clanking chains, apparitions, just all the scariest stuff out there. Like big cartoony spiders in people's yards. It's scary. Mm-hmm. Scary time. A lot of those. Yeah, I'm not sure what is the deal with uh, big foam or inflatable spiders being so scary, but it really puts me in a mood, a scary mood. How about those big, the tall skeletons that was like that were all the rage like the last couple of years? Are those? Still hanging around, or I want the I want you know how like people instead of putting up Christmas lights, they just put up like a thing that projects LED lights onto the side of the house. Mm-hmm. I want that, but for just Halloween colors. Oh, that'd be cool to really show. I mean, would it have to be a separate light system for every holiday, or do you think you could swap out the colors and stuff? I think you need to buy a whole new system for each holiday. I want people who really. <laughs> oh, that's put how they the get effort. you. That's how they get you. That's gonna be all the my- holidays. They all work together in like Valentine's Day. Yeah. It's like, well, you got to push the yeah. you know the pink and red lights. This Sharks, month. have I got a pitch for you? <laughs> I think it should still be the the Christmas one, but just in Halloween colors. So it's like it's orange and, snowflakes. and black <laughs> snowflakes flying around. <laughs> Santa, but just orange and black. Yeah, I like I it. it. I like it. Uh, anyways, it's spooky, scary time. So let's talk about maybe some spooky, scary movies we've seen. <laughs> Don't you forget about me. Look my way, girl. Something breakfast. Movies we've seen. 
Robert, any scary movies? Well, I mean, I can't wait to hear what scary movies you guys have watched recently. But um, let's see. Not uh, let's see. How can I spin these to be scary all in different ways? You have um, to. You have the, to. Uh, I watched movies. Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Okay. I mean, the trailer. Um, the trailer has like a bit of a Stranger Things vibes. There's a, a sinister vibe. It definitely like the starting is ridiculous because it it, it immediately Dude, sets up this. The movie is ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, it sets up this weird, crazy pr- premise, and the characters themselves are so like, kind of like simple and just kind of like non-threatening, and and they get kind of you know accidentally, you know, bungle into this uh, plot. Um, Max, have I you seen, was really funny. Max, have you seen the movie? I have not. Okay. Any awareness of of what even can you even picture what I, I'm talking about? Kristen Wiig is in it. Yeah, it that. is, and her writing partner, I believe, yeah. who is also starring as her co-star. Um, yeah, really great. Uh, one of my favorite parts is when who's the very handsome man? It's the guy from the it's the guy from Fifty Shades of Grey, like Jamie something. Yes, yeah, he's a, he's a very he's very Jamie handsome. And he gets to use, I think, his his normal accent, which I think he's Irish. Jamie Dornan. Yes, he's um, he is a delight in that movie. He is, but he chats them up at the bar at one point, and I don't know about you, but I mean, there's like lots of really funny, ridiculous parts, but they order this like insane tropical drink, like, and there's a lot of big tropical drinks where you can share it with each other, and it comes in like a big, you know, mm-hmm. bowl, and it, uh, you know, has like, you know, flair on it and stuff like this, yeah. so this thing is like, it, it's like an aquarium, like, it's, it's this enormous, yeah. like, Garth has chalice. one of those, Garth has one of them in the first Wayne's World movie, which is like, okay, yeah. yes, and there's, it's like, it's like blue alcohol, yeah. and there's all this crap in it, and the bartender turns around, and like, turns back, and like, they have finished it, and he's like, what the, you finished it already? And they're like, yep, they're all just very nonchalant, like, we finished it, and then he's like, did you also, like, find the buried treasure in the bottom, like, in the little chest, and they're like, yeah, and they're like, and there was three pills, and they're like, yep, we all ate one, we all ate one of the pills. <laughs> I just love the idea of a, of a drink so extreme. It also gives you like drugs <laughs> that you can discover. And then I think he immediately says like, well, you guys are going to have a good time. <laughs> and then like they get pulled back. And like, I think they're on like a moving thing that it looks like they're moving through the crowd. But just that spot, just that, that bit alone was so, so good. I um, really, you know, yeah, I really enjoy that movie. I thought that was very funny. Yeah it's kind of it's kind of hot roddy in in just in how ridiculous it is it's not it, it does a good job of establishing right off the bat that like it's just gonna it's just gonna cut away to weird shit sometimes and it's, just be it's a very bizarre for bizarre sake. it's a very austin powersy farce type movie like it's mm-hmm. it's a farce movie that they don't make anymore you know like i think in the like late 90s early 2000s they like ran the gamut on farces and it was like uh they were not good for a while. So like I, it, it's been enough time that like I was kind of delighted to see this kind of farce and also have it made yeah. well too. It It's, and like it's doing like, like tropey stuff too. Like, you know, they're trying to keep their relationships with like one of them is going off and doing things without the other. And it's because the other person is lying and saying like she's sick or has to go do something and is actually hanging out with Jamie Dornan. Yeah. So there's like this, that, that kind of that element of like, Oh no, it's going to come to a head. They're not, you know, revealing what's going on. Um, but yeah, interlaced with that is like, yeah, Dr. Evil style, like spy plot. Mm -hmm. It's, it's it's intense. Yeah. Um, but I recommend it. It's, it's really quite funny. Um, I also watched 
Hey, you know what's scary about this one? The freaking runtime. Uh, the Irishman. Oh boy! <laughs> oh no. Um, I have maybe seen every Scorsese movie. I feel like I've probably seen a lot, like earlier in my movie watching, that I should probably revisit or I'm not as familiar with, like some early Scorsese's or some less less known ones. And this one was obviously on my list because it's a newer one of his and it had been talked up so much um, just in the sense of like, was it for like Netflix or exclusive? Yeah. Netflix, yes. Yeah. Tisk Tisk Scorsese. You should only release them in the theaters. Um, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't yeah. care. Um, the weirdest thing is um, the de-aging of some people is really bizarre looking but honestly not as distracting to me as like um de niro with blue eyes i think he has contacts in because like this character had blue eyes but to me it's more distracting to have this kind of like not real looking eye color on him even if the character in real life had that and i feel like it was it was just very weird to me i didn't i didn't like the way it looked but um yeah the de-aging is weird they don't do it a ton obviously earlier in the movie and then as it catches up it's more old age makeup um but when you first meet de niro it seems like he's like 35 or or yeah mid to late 30s and he meets joe pesci and pesci's like hey kid have a good one and i was like kid like what the fuck like he's supposed to be young but he doesn't look that young he's wearing like a leather jacket he's got a, a propeller beanie on and yeah yeah he's got the propeller beanie he's licking a big lolly he's like can you help me mister um, I just thought it was weird and not like I would I would always rather them do like try casting someone that looks like they did as a kid. Get in Joseph Gordon Levitt in there, put him in blue, uh blue contacts again. Exactly. Well, like in Goodfellas, they have young Ray Liotta and they got just a teenager who looked a lot or or you could reasonably be like, Yeah, I can see that kid growing hey, up. Hey man, be, we didn't have the technology back then. To have teenagers cast. <laughs> <laughs> no, to D young Ray Liotta. Oh. I mean, I was trying to think of good examples. Like, I think that bit in, um, is it Civil War? Iron Man Civil War? Oh, or, where it's or, Young Tony? Where it's Young Tony, and it's like it's like Rat Pack, Rat Pack, uh, like age um, Robert Downey, yeah. Jr., Downey Jr. And like, they put him in that scene, and it really looked good. I feel like um, Hank Pym, there's like a young Hank Pym, or younger, where he leaves S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. And they just de-aged him a bit. And I was like, yeah, that looks really good. Like, it just looks like they somehow got footage of him, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever. Um, This was just like a weird thing where someone told him like, hey, you don't need to recast him. You can just have him act in every scene and we can age them up or down. And I just thought it was an odd choice. Um, But it didn't really, you know, didn't ruin the movie for me. And... I don't think it reached the heights of like Casino or Goodfellas for me as far as like a crime story, but it was interesting to uh, finally see it. And I also didn't know it was like a lot about Jimmy Hoffa, which is who uh, who Al Pacino is playing. So fun to see like De Niro and Pacino or De Niro and um, uh, why can't I think of freaking Joe Pesci um, who've already been in those you know, movies together before, but then have um, Pacino in the mix as well. I thought it was really fun. Um I would recommend it. It's obviously it's a it's a huge runtime. It's like three and a half hours yeah. plus, but it's Scorsese. It feels like I tried to think like ah, where could he have like trimmed a little fat? And I'm like, well, like obviously he lingers on shots, but like everything's kind of essential as far as the story he's telling. 
So um, I don't know. I just like it's it's a movie I have to think on more. But I'm I'm glad I finally sat down and watched it because it was it was even a even though if it didn't leap out to me as like my ultimate Scorsese films, mm-hmm. you know, it's still a great still <clears throat> Scorsese, still still so good. I was uh <clears throat> this uh could come up in TV shows we've seen, but because you brought up Pacino, mm-hmm. I was watching a an older episode of New Girl the other day, and <laughs> the bid was they were renting out rooms in their loft to pay for a, a bachelor party. And this family is staying there, and they really want the one of the roommates to see their daughter's celebrity impressions, but all of her impressions are Pacino. <laughs> she's like this 10-year-old girl who's just like, hey, over there. You know, like she's doing this Pacino thing, and like they're like, oh, do your scent of a woman <laughs> monologue. Pacino. <laughs> Pacino, yeah, it's really funny. Um, I was yeah, recently was, was, uh, thinking about Dick Tracy. I think he's in that one, too. Pacino. Oh, yeah. He's great with all the makeup. Um, yeah, that's good stuff. I was also um, thinking about Dick Tracy just cause there's a, I was watching bachelor in paradise with some friends and there's a guy, I'll send you guys a picture in the chat, but there's a guy on this season who looks like a Dick Tracy villain. He just has like this weird, like square head. His name is Ed. And it just like, every Ed's time I square see head. Him, <laughs> yeah. This is named um, square Ed. <laughs> that's not bad. Uh, square head and Eddie. Um, yeah, I I'll send you a picture of him, but he reminded me of a Dick Tracy villain. But hell anyways, yeah, hell yeah. Anyways, go um, ahead. And then the last movie I saw was The Thing, twenty eleven. Uh oh. Oh no. Yes. Uh, I don't. Rec- I don't think I ever actually sat down and watched this one as much as I have probably brought it up and derided it, and mostly because they did or the studio whoever did opt to add a lot of CG and get rid of. Uh, there, there's you know a video online with some really great pr- uh, practical effects that they had created for the movie, and I think a lot of it. There are some practical effects, but I think a lot of it did get uh, ultimately pushed away um, and replaced, which is a bummer. <clears throat> this is a prequel, despite being called the same thing as the movie. It's a prequel of really, um, yes, because they're at the Norwegian camp, and those are the people chasing the husky in the beginning. So like the li- like the literally the last part of this movie is a husky running away from the Norwegian camp and then them getting in a helicopter and chasing it with a gun and then it starts to do the Ennio Morricone music and then it like it goes to black and it's like now to be followed by the thing. Huh. Mm. Yeah. Which I knew I knew it was supposed to be that, but it's just like it can't help but then kind of like spoil like Okay, so something is gonna like crash through the wall, and it's gonna look like two humans fused together and burn and die outside, and that's what they like bring back to their camp, and like it like kind of like mel- gets all melty, and I think gets someone later, but it looks like you know two faces pulling apart. So at, there's at some point in the movie, one of the thick guys is transforming into the thing and like kind of attacks someone and falls on them, and then starts to like kind of like absorb them, and then like shuffles out of the out of the station, and it's like. Ah, okay. So that's how that thing got there. And it's like, I just don't need all those. I, I didn't need to know how uh, Han Solo got named, and I didn't know didn't know how, just how like, the thing think, got there. Yeah, it's like the thing is a really fun concept, and I guess they were maybe just too worried about having it like another adventure of the thing, but not have it somehow not connected. Because mm-hmm. like the whole point is like, if it's anywhere but like Antarctica, it will get out and spread and kill everyone. So it has to be. Maybe it just felt like it had to be there, but. I don't know. They could have like something. They found something in the ocean. It's all on a ship now, or they get and they get stuck on an Arctic island or something. I don't know. It didn't have to be the the same people. 
Um, mm-hmm. And the other thing I didn't really love is when they they like straight up find the ship. Uh, it's like mostly under ice in the in the Carpenter version, and they dig or they find the thing that they dug out of the ice, and it's like an insect. And I don't know if that's implying that the last thing that the thing transformed into on another planet was like an insectoid creature, but I didn't like the idea that it like that maybe we were seeing its base form. Mm-hmm. Like I always assumed the thing was kind of like a virus or like it's just like it's always just the form of something else it had. So to me, it was just kind of weird. Like, not that it wasn't like interesting. And that's another thing in the practical effects. If you look up the video, you can see some stuff with like weird bug mandibles and stuff. But I was just like, eh, like that's an earth kind of creature. Like, I think the scariest thing about the thing to me is that it's just, it can be a bunch of other stuff or, and it potentially should be if it's come from anywhere else out in the galaxy. And I didn't assume that that would be like, oh, like there's like a big cockroach species out there or something, at least not the way they established it. Um, I don't I know. So the I'm, whole thing was like made of made of brick or something like that. And did they ever explain in this one how the origins of its clobbering time? <laughs> <laughs> uh, how'd you get? Hey, it? you're the science guy. I'm the muscle. Is that what he says in the Fantastic Four reboot or ever? Um, uh, he also transforms into the thing in that reboot because rocks fill his tube. Remember, they all kind of get yeah. transformed because of stuff that hit them. I don't remember. Anyway, intentionally. Go back and listen to uh, one of our reviews of the the early episode of Joe Overlord's The Fantastic Four. There you go. Fan four stick. Fan four stick. Um, Anyway, to summarize, it wasn't all as bad as I thought. Like there was some, there's some decent stuff, but like it just didn't have the right, it just didn't have the tension because it had like, it seems like the studio's notes were probably like, show the thing more. And it's just not as scary. Like they show it in full light and it's usually CG. Like, it tries to isolate Mary Elizabeth Winstead and then it like crack the person behind her cracks in half and is like, and making all this noise. And it's like, this is your plan. Like you're not even being like, just attack her. Like you don't need to turn into the thing to attack her. You can attack her as a human and then absorb her. So it was just like a lot of showing things off. And then the fact that they replaced the things they were showing off with CG was just more disappointing. So I don't know. Uh, It's a tepid, uh, recommendation because it is more of the thing and there's good there's some good moments but like mm, it's just kind of like wasted potential in my opinion and then the end of the movie just like hey is that kurt russell walking up to the and then credits hey it's going towards that camp with all those men oh it's gonna be a hit movie over there <laughs> have you seen the original original the, the, the thing from, the another, thing from planet? another planet yes i've seen it along uh quite a while ago i haven't sat down and rewatched it in a long time but it's the best <laughs> and the CG in that is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> 30 CG is pretty awful. I don't know when it was actually made. Not the 30s. Uh, Max, have you seen anything? Uh, I have. Oh, good. Uh, Moving on. Yeah. Uh, all, <laughs> uh, all frightening. Uh, I watched Barbarossa. Hey, Barb, Barb and Star. Star Barbarossa. Yeah, exactly. I lied when I said I didn't watch it. I just watched a different version. Oh, okay. This is the uh... Barbarossa. Yeah. Instead of uh, instead of Kristen Wiig, it's uh, Willie Nelson actually, and Gary Busey. Have you heard of this movie? I have Gary heard. Of, I've heard the title, and I've heard of these two people, but I've not heard that they were in it, or I've never seen it. It's a western. Um, Gary Busey accidentally kills someone in his family. Uh, like a an in-law and runs away to Mexico where he runs into... Was it Jake the, Busey? 
Yeah. <laughs> that that's real life. He actually killed Jake. Busey. Oh no. Um he Oops. runs into Barbarossa, Willie Nelson, who's like kind of on the run. He's a bandit. Uh but he's in love with one of the the daughters of the person who's like chasing him out to kill him. And it's a bunch of like family stuff, uh history coming back to get you. It's kind of a slow western, but it's interesting, I guess, watching Willie Nelson and Gary Busey <laughs> hanging out together in a western. <laughs> uh I I would recommend it. It's not great, but I would recommend it. Uh-huh. Hmm. Uh, I also watched Hidden Fortress, but I kind of talked about that on another episode. Yeah, I think we talked about that when we talked about Visions. Yeah, so screw it. Fuck it. <laughs> go <laughs> to the Patreon. Hey, if you want to hear that, go to the Patreon. Yeah. Go check it out. Uh watched Nightbook with uh, Kristen Ritter, a.k.a. Jessica Jones. Oh, yeah. Uh, on Netflix. It's a little, it's like a kid's horror movie. Uh, pretty fun. I would say I think it, it nails it for the most part. Um, yeah, it's got kind of an old feel. I don't know why, like witches or or something like that. One I watched hocus hocus pocus. Kind I watched of feel the to it. I watched the trailer and I got the same vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's I what I was getting from it too. They nailed it pretty well. I, I think it it works. It's it's a modern one, but I think it it works in that same way. And it's got some weird stuff. There are parts that are, are genuinely pretty freaky. Like, not entirely, but... Uh, like, I think kids can still watch it. It's definitely made for kids. But there there are parts that I think... Uh, if you're looking for a bit of a spook, you'll, you'll get it with this. Same way witches had that, like, some creepy parts. Kids getting turned into mice and, mm-hmm. like, actually fearing for their life and stuff like that. Uh, I also watched Witches of Eastwick. Oh, had you seen that before? I had not. And I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but most witch movies, most movies about witches start out with a flyover shot of the woods. It's a weird thing that you'll find in a lot of witchy movies. Hmm. Well, I think it's going to make you evoke like a witch on her broom, like soaring over the countryside, right? Yeah. And sometimes it's actually like supposed to represent that, but even when it doesn't do that, it kind of, I don't know if it's an intentional trend or if it is just one of those things where it just kind of, that's what people think of when they think, oh, I'm going to make a movie. But this one had it. Uh, it also has uh, Susan Sarandon, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, Cher, and uh, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Jack. Here's witchy. <laughs> it's Oh, it's an odd movie. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. So uh, these three women um, are living life in a small town, and they kind of get together and, and wish for a guy. And then Jack Nicholson shows up, turns out to be the devil, and and then they turn out to, like, they embrace this power that they apparently have together. And uh, it's weird. The three, the four of them kind of get into this love triangle and the whole um, love square, I suppose. Mm-hmm. What yeah, would it that'd be, be a square. <laughs> um, or love pentagon. Maybe there's hey, something else yeah. about yeah. Pentagram. Pentagram, like there we go. Um, but yeah, the whole the whole town kind of turns on them and, and then they have to figure that out. 
Uh, but interesting movie. Weird. Um, it's got some strange effects also at the end. But that's all I've seen. Andrew, have you seen anything spooky this uh, month? I, I saw a really scary movie, uh, Toy Story, the first one. I mean, that's, the, uh, that's Sid. The is, toys that Sid makes, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Sid's pretty scary. Pretty scary guy. I uh, actually watched a, a Treehouse of Horror that was like based on Toy Story. Toy Gory, they called it. Oh. <laughs> They keep them coming. I mean, these guys, they really know what to do. Um, yeah, first Toy Story is enjoyable. It's, you know, obviously the animation is a little, uh, It's it was made in 1995 or released in 95. So the animation has not aged particularly well, especially the animation of Andy and his family. Yeah, um, the people don't look, look great. Yeah, the toys look fine, but the animation of the humans is, yeah, it's not, it's not great. Um yeah, I don't know. It's fun to rewatch. I hadn't seen it in a little while, and, you know, it's a fun story. It's always nice to see where they all started, because now the the story has gotten really complicated, and through four movies and many, many movies, it's, I don't know, it's always a fun franchise to revisit, so. I think Pixar made such a smart call by, like, making these plastic toys at that age in CG, where it was at, like, being able to actually reproduce something that mirrored the limitations right yeah. like everything looks plastic at that time cg and so the fact that they just made plastic characters it's yeah. great great mm-hmm. idea good idea you know what these pixar guys they know what they're doing <laughs> i wish them the best <laughs> yeah good luck in the future pixar um you did something really good there and yeah, we hope keep, you can have a hit out. someday keep your eye out for them yeah <laughs> um but that's it for me for movies let's go to some tv TV shows we've seen. <laughs> we've seen. Robert, have you seen any TV? Uh, I watched a couple more eps of What We Do in the Shadows. Not going to say too much about it because it's currently airing. Good mm-hmm. stuff. Um, still loving this season. Lots of fun um, plot lines with uh, the neighbor is so pathetic that like Laszlo like befriends. It's like the neighbor of the, their vampires and he's like just a real like, hey, how you guys doing? Like he's just like a real like dumb jerk, and they've like glamored him so many times and like erased his memory over a bunch of different episodes. And he's just like he kind of reminds me of like Gil from The Simpsons. Oh. They, like because they go to like I don't know where they go to gamble. It's like Salt Lake City or something, and uh, and he's like I blew it. I blew it. spent all my money. I'm pathetic, and he's just like I don't know. There's just there's just like a vibe about him. Yeah. Is, oh gosh, funny. that's the last. I need that. And just easily duped, and just like it, it doesn't help that like the vampires can just like you know zap him whenever they want. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's good stuff. People should be keeping up with it. Um, and then I also watched, not finished yet, the hit uh, show on Netflix. I think there's going to be a smash on the Halloween scene. Squid Game. I knew it. I knew it. So that's uh, that's based off of Splatoon, right? Yes. Yep. It's just a bunch of people that just spray different colors on a battlefield at each other, and I don't know why it's eight episodes, but it's, it's really a lot of people off, squirting color. It's also yeah. the the biggest hit in Netflix history. Is that what like I and like really? I that's like something that they put out, and sometimes they do that to kind of like like gin up numbers and like make people feel like oh i have to see it it's part of a a thing because netflix never releases streaming numbers yeah so who knows but it's been going around that it's one of their biggest hits of all time really see that i mean i I don't know where it came from that it suddenly got such a a push 
to like of people to be excited. I am a bit bummed that the dub seems really bad to me. Uh, the the like English language version just like was not matching up with a lot of the translation, hmm. and I didn't like a lot of the way the char- the characters sounded. And I think I've heard people say that it really does kind of change like mm, like the perception of certain characters because you're not getting like the nuance of some of it. Also, just like I like want to hear Korean and want to hear I don't know. Can you it's... not switch? Huh? Can you not switch the audio track? No, no, no. You can. Oh, okay. But I'm just saying that like I think it starts off with the dub, and I think a lot of people probably listen to the mm-hmm. dub or I watch the dub. I got you. And I also understand like you want to sit down and like watch this thing and also be able to like turn your head and not not know what's happening. Because so, like I've done that too. Like I've been watching. It, I've been like, oh fuck! I just looked you know down for a second, and now I didn't see what that sentence was. Um, but that's you know the name of the game with you know something in you know its original language and I don't know I just prefer it in a lot of situations so I'm glad I didn't stick with that but I still have to finish it it's quite good um, I, and I, I, I don't know always... if you guys have been seeing the memes and stuff but I'm basically trying to finish it before it gets spoiled for me <laughs> entirely so I always try and skip that whole whole sub sub dub uh, problem just by watching it both subbed and dubbed at the same time. Mm. I, I find that that fixes it for me, that just having him speak English and have it written at the bottom. I know exactly what's going on. Yeah. So I recommend you do that, the same thing. Yeah. Better uh, than better than Korean, I would say. Start it <laughs> over. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I'm going to do is a second TV and just like sync <laughs> yeah. them up. Two screen play, experience. That's play, how it's yeah, going to be seen. Like the Korean language version and the English language version simultaneously. Just how it was intended. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I kind of have trouble. I know a lot of people are talking about Squid Game, but I have uh, have trouble believing that it was bigger than Stranger Things. I that's I mean that is what they've said again. They're like is, they're like bigger than Stranger Things. I know we couldn't fucking believe it either. <laughs> <laughs> that's I mean, but that's like again that is their own PR department, and like again mm-hmm. they do not release streaming numbers. So for all we know, yeah. nobody's watching it, and this is their way of getting people to watch it. Now let's mm-hmm. say when the new phenomenon. season of Stranger Things premieres, let's wait for them to say now the now bigger than Squid Game. Yeah, <laughs> the ink's on their face. Stranger Things a hit. <laughs> Is that a good thing or a bad thing? You'll have to watch Squid yeah, Game yep. to find out. <laughs> Is there even a squid in it? Is there? Uh, yeah, there's uh, like a literal Squid Game in the beginning, and I'll be damned if I can understand the rules. Like he, they're describing the very first thing that in the show is like, this is how we would play Squid Game, and I was like. This is like Calvin Ball. I can just see. I can't. I can't understand what the rules of this shit are. You um, lose in an instant. So I really hope it doesn't like depend on me knowing the, how to play Squid Game by the last episode. It's kind of like a, any James Bond movie where like you just have to like know, hope that James Bond is doing good at the game you don't understand. You're like, <laughs> ah, yes, Baccarat. Uh, hit again, uh, James. <laughs> Speaking of the movie we did today, the James Bond movies are all interactive too. <laughs> you have to understand the rules for the movie to continue. Hit again. They're like yeah. the gambling game over and over. Mr. Mr. Bond, we cannot comp you any the, more money. The theater has to come to a consensus too about the voting too. Just like everybody's like, okay, okay, what are we going to do? I would love that. Well, isn't that the whole thing? I mean, like, I love Casino Royale, but I've heard people say that he like is very lucky. Like how he wins the card game in that game is not like, good he like barely wins it and it's mm-hmm. like well that's not as ex- i mean it's exciting in the movie but i because i didn't follow poker i guess i didn't know right there are probably like some 
you know, celebrity poker champs are like watching the movie. Oh my gosh, flipping their hat around. Uh, hurry, hurry, hurry! This that's part of the game. Um, but that's about all the television I've seen. Max, what about you? I watched all the Squid Game. <gasps> Just kidding, I didn't. Um, I, <laughs> he knew there was a squid in there. Yeah. Fuck. I watched uh, I May Destroy You, mm-hmm. uh, which is based on a true story, I believe. Involves a lot of um, different types of non-consensual sex and uh, a lot of dealing with that. The mm. aftermath of that, what that means to people. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it, it follows a, a writer. A show? Yes, it's a show on HBO. A writer. Uh, yeah, I think the whole thing's British. Um, and it, it's a writer who's writing a story. She ends up going out partying, gets slipped roofie, and then uh, like loses track of the night. Wake wakes up the next day, doesn't know what happened, and then starts getting, like, visions of it. Mm. And then it's her kind of, like, figuring out what happened and, uh, like, talking to her friends and and her friends kind of going through other similar things also. And, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's good. Uh, Yeah, I, I recommend it. Check it out. I've heard it's good. I haven't watched it. And I know that like when it wasn't nominated for uh, I think an Emmy, people were pretty upset about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It's good. I think it does a good job of covering things from a lot of different angles. And uh, yeah, definitely worth a watch, I yeah. would say. Um, I also... Oh, I also watched more of What We Do in Shadows, like, uh, like Robert been keeping up on that and watching the new season of great british bake-off and then i also started lovecraft country oh yeah which I i'm dig- i'm digging it yeah it's interesting they definitely kind of do like how many episodes in are you i think i'm like maybe three quarters of the way through ish okay yeah because it seems like they kind of it seems like every app has a different kind of vibe like they kind of do Mm-hmm. a little something different or a kind of a different approach to, you know, horror, or, you know, stuff like that. So I kind of, I kind of love that about it. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause the first two episodes are fairly much. They're like, lined up kind of lined up. Yeah. And then after that, it immediately goes into, Oh no, it's a haunted house now. And then it goes into like, you know, a bunch of different things, but yeah, it, yeah. it starts to feel very, very much episodic. I, the last episode I watched was like focused on Hippolyta, which I always thought was pronounced Hippolyta. But I thought it was Hippolyta. Hip, <laughs> who? Yeah, they, we can't. I'm not. Yeah, we actually can't talk any. about it because it's a Hippolyta. Oh, oh, gotcha. Wah, wah. Uh, and that's it. That's all I've seen. <laughs> Lovecraft Country is good. It also has um, two characters from Loki. That's right. As Kang the Conqueror, it also has uh, one of the hunters. Hunter something or other vitamin b12 i think that's right that's right uh yeah i really like that uh that kang actor he's he's good yeah and buff as book in oh, this one shit i can't yeah wait everyone to see. in that, that that first episode is like looking so dashing like everyone looks so good <laughs> it's like wow 
Yeah, how about you, Andrew? You seen any TV? Uh, I started watching the new Wonder Years reboot, remake. Oh, yeah. How's that? Um, I like it. I think it's, you know, it uh, it's very earnest. And I think, like, it's it feels really hard sometimes to pull off earnest on television without being corny, especially in, like, a... Unless you're Jim Varney. Unless you're... Well. Thank you. Um, I was trying to figure out how to work it in. <laughs> uh especially for a 30 minute comedy. And like, I think it's blocked with a bunch of comedies on ABC. So it's, I, I but it, it pulls it off very well. It's uh, voiced over by Don Cheadle, who does a great job and is a great actor and, you know, lends his voice to it, does a great job. So I, I like it so far. It's only been like, did he already episodes. get nominated for the voiceover? <laughs> for, uh... right, yeah. Um, so yeah, I I really like it. It's yeah, I said it just it's just sort of starting, but I think it's it's good and it it has the spirit of the original Wonder Years and I think Fred Savage even directed like the first episode. It starts uh, as like, "What would you do if us hurt? Uh-uh. I'm stepping in here." Yeah, and then this it's is Don Cheadle like putting on a different record. Yeah. Um, I'm just singing the same song. Yeah, it's Don Cheadle <laughs> singing it. <laughs> I would love Let that. me handle this. Um yeah, Fred I, Savage starts the narration and John Tito like, get out of yeah, here. Get out of the voiceover booth. This is my or sorry, show. Daniel now. Stern is the voiceover. On that's, that. right. that's, yeah, right. that's right. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Is so, it the Fred Savage directed one? Was that anything like Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Didn't he do that one? Yeah, it's very sunny. It's all, it takes a very <laughs> weird uh, <laughs> tone break for one episode where uh, they, he decides to like buy a bar and then they pay, they know. play flip cup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's really weird, but good episode. Really funny. But that's it for me for TV guys. Let's talk about the movie we watched for this week. Netflix's new interactive movie, escape the undertaker. That's right. Netflix's new interactive movie, Escape the Undertaker, starring The Undertaker and The New Day. <laughs> Kofi Kingston, Biggie Langston, and Xavier Woods. Yeah, this is a choose-your-own-adventure Netflix movie. Uh, before we get into what happens in it, would you guys recommend people choose their own adventure by watching Escape the Undertaker? I mean, you have a choice early on to watch it or not, actually, <laughs> which we'll talk does. about. Um, I'd say there's a qualified recommendation because it's not very long, but it's also not super, it's not really scary. No. And I think a lot of the enjoyment is knowing these people from wrestling and wanting to, you know, wanting to choose their own adventure because you enjoy The New Day and The Undertaker and, and all that stuff. Um, it, it, it'd be a weird thing to kind of approach if with like no knowledge of that. Yeah. But it also doesn't feel like it relies too much on it. It sort of sets up ahead who the undertaker is, his shtick, who the new they are, their shtick. And then it's just like kind of a fluff kind of silly story about the urn and stuff. So I, I would give, I, I, I enjoyed it. We'll talk about it, but I, I would give it a qualified recommendation. Max. That. I would definitely recommend Bandersnatch over this one. <laughs> uh, I think if you're into the New Day, especially if you're into Undertaker in the current day, uh, yeah, give give it a watch. See what you think of it. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you, Andrew? Uh, as somebody who has not watched WWE in about three years, it was a a welcome 
surprise, or not surprise, but a welcome addition to watch the New Day again. I really do enjoy the New Day, especially their their chemistry together is electric. <laughs> I love them together. Uh, um, yeah, I'm I'm probably the least maybe the least familiar with the wrestle with wrestling and all that stuff. But the New Day, the few things I've seen of them is like so joyous and they're yeah. they're just very funny. So uh, so I enjoyed watching them together. The Undertaker, uh, you know, the years have not been kind to <laughs> to. Uncle Taker, as they call him at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Taker. Um, but it, you know, still like, yeah, I think it's a it's a fun uh, 30 minutes. I will say I watched this on a Roku and boy, did this thing lag every time you made a choice. So if you have like a good browser or like, I don't know, maybe it works better on a smart TV or something. Uh watch it on that do not watch it on the current roku that i was watching on because you'll get like you'll hit a choice and then just like 15 seconds of buffering and it really takes the uh the edge off of making your choice when you're just like okay i guess i'm waiting and then the scene loads again so mine was super immediate to the point where i was like oh i should really wait till like the very end of the selection because i don't want them to still be talking when i make it they'll like it'll be like oh interesting. go upstairs or downstairs it'll be like what do you think we should and i click a downstairs it's like and that cuts to them downstairs <laughs> uh-huh. like, oh, yeah okay all yeah right. I- I was seeing that same thing. And so like what I ended up doing was just like figuring out what choice I wanted to make and then uh, moving over to that choice and then leaving it. Cause then it just goes with that choice once it's finished. Yeah. Otherwise mm-hmm. it would just interrupt what they were saying. Yeah. I mean, I got the interrupted except it would interrupt with buffering. So it was just like, it was the, the worst of both worlds, but yeah. So I would, I, yeah, my recommendation is don't watch it on an old Roku streaming okay. device. Um, so yeah, Escape the Undertaker. It's about the New Day arriving at Casa de Undertaker uh, to uh, add to their power of positivity. They want to add the power of the urn, which the Undertaker's fabled mystical powers have come from it during his 30 plus year career. So they want he the traps urn. The, he traps the goodness inside. He loves capturing goodness with evil and it powers him. And also Paul Bearer used to hold it for him. Yes, and, yes. Yeah. So he used to trap souls in the urn, and he used to give him powers. So he really, the urn loves good souls, as the Undertaker observes when the New Day arrive at his front door. So the New Day go inside. Actually, you're allowed to. So the first choice is go inside, or this is too scary. Did either what did of you, you? What did you guys pick? Yeah, did either of you select this is too scary? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, me Definitely. too. <laughs> me too. So the movie immediately ends, and you get credits, which is The Undertaker, The I Undertaker, The Undertaker. I thought that was very funny. Everything is yeah, directed by The Undertaker, written by The Undertaker, filmed by The Undertaker, starring The Undertaker, all of it, and then, and then you know, The Undertaker cuts in, you didn't think you'd get away that easy, did you? And then, and so. I just think that's like a perfect way to set up, like, the silliness of it, because yes. Undertaker, you know, it seems like a very self-serious character, and it's just, like, such a weird thing, like, they're going to really have to, like, you know, cut off their own scariness with the New Day kind of cracking wise the whole time. But yeah. I think that's, that's like, the perfect blend in a way. Like, yeah. I think that's really funny about it. So we, we go inside with the New Day, and the first choice you're given is to follow Big E, Kofi, or Xavier. I followed Kofi. Who did you guys follow? Now, is I wrote down what, like, my selections I made. So I, was Kofi the Attic follow the Whispers? Yes. Yes, I did that one. Okay, I almost did I, the lights with Big E, but I don't. I didn't go for that. I went to the basement. Wow, wow. Um, so both Robert and I went upstairs and followed the whispers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, as Kofi, you walk upstairs. You see a haunted painting, I guess, uh, 
And you start to hear whispers, and then he puts a glass up to the painting, and you start to hear this conversation between like two people. It's just like, can you hear us? Is that is that Kofi? Is that Kofi? Yeah, I love it. It's like it's like Kofi's there. Is is the ritual starting? I don't know. Can you hear us? Ah. And it's like, what? What? Who is? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. So he's exploring. He sees a big symbol, and then you hear Big E screaming from downstairs, and he heads downstairs. Max, what happens when you followed uh, Xavier? Xavier Woods goes downstairs. There's some smoke coming up out of the ground. He sees, um, I think he sees a, I think he sees, oh yeah, a lot. He walks down a hallway and then there's like a door. The door is locked and then some smoke starts coming in and he puts his hand down to see if the smoke hurts him and it doesn't. Mm -hmm. That's it. And then he goes, and then he hears someone calling and he runs upstairs to find (laughs) Biggie. Uh, so they, yeah, they both rush to go find their friend Biggie, who is trapped to the Undertaker's throne, and his soul is being sucked out into an hourglass-shaped thing. Mm-hmm. And so they have a ticking clock of saving Biggie's soul before it's consumed by the Undertaker. So they notice that there is a keyhole under the urn, and both the symbols that that Xavier saw in the basement and the symbol that Kofi saw in the attic are on the you know, thing that is holding the urn. So they decide we should either go upstairs or downstairs. Which one did you guys decide to do? I said downstairs because I didn't, I had previously hadn't gone down there. Yeah. So Max, what about you? I also said downstairs. Yeah. I also I went had, downstairs because I had gone down <laughs> yeah. there and I wanted to see, uh, you wanted to see what, more. You liked what you saw. I just wanted to see what they were going to do with that same spot. Cause I was like, that place is boring. Like they, <laughs> yeah. Cause they, they just walked going back. Hallway. Um, I, thought, I, wanted, I wanted something to happen down there if that yeah. was the only time we saw it it was it, I did think it was very funny because they're all like whoa th- what's a mortuary doing down here and then one of them is just like it's the Undertaker what what did you expect yeah but the first time they go down they don't even get into that mortuary part because right that's after they open the door oh yeah okay, I think the, right. se- the second time they get down there it's yeah you're in that little room the like medical mortuary room yeah mm-hmm. Um, and Andrew was the the body that was on the table. Was that a reference? Oh, from- so Isaac Yankum. I was wondering D- that Isaac Yankum DDS is a character that the wrestler who portrays Kane, the Undertaker's storyline brother, portrayed before he was Kane. So that was a reference to oh, his reference his brother's to dead character. Yes. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. That's a pretty funny. I I wish I had known that, but yeah, I'm sure it it gave a titter to all the WWE yeah. fans. It's, it's funny that we both, me and and Robert, had no idea what that was, but we knew it was. It had to be something. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I should have looked it up. Oh well. I having followed Kofi upstairs, I thought the the interaction between them about Xavier just being very like blase about having put his hand in the fog earlier <laughs> they're like you put your hand in the fog yeah nothing happened it's like i thought that interaction was very funny um, <sighs> i loved all the stuff where they just kind of were like oh, i don't know about like the weird spooky <laughs> yeah, stuff happening yeah. it was very funny uh so we see that there's a key on the other side of the mortuary and uh of the morgue excuse me and um that's when you're either supposed to follow xavier or hang back with uh, stay Kofi with the others and biggie what did you guys select i stayed back because he's biggie seemed pretty he was like that's undertaker's fog i'm not messing with it yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh i went with xavier because uh he had already touched the fog i'd seen him touch the fog yeah. i knew it was safe wow I also, okay so i did i didn't have that info so i also went with xavier uh just because i want to see what happens and so 
In the melee, Xavier walks to the fog and he gets dragged basically to the depths of hell with the Undertaker. Who's like in that scene, like eight feet tall, I think. Like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Robert, why don't you tell us what happens to Biggie and Kofi during this scene? Because both Max and I saw something else. Uh, well, they are freaked out because, yeah, the Undertaker appears and drags drags him away. And so they the room starts filling with the fog and like... Biggie is like, I'm, lo- I'm I'm fading. Like I'm, I'm still feeling sick. Like we need to hurry up and get the key. So, um, who's the other guy? He, he gets, who's the other one who's in with the room Kofi? in the room with him? Kofi. Kofi and Biggie. Kofi. Kofi gets on like the, um, the stretcher with the DDS guy and Biggie pushes it to get him to the key and stay above the fog, but it only goes about halfway. And then the room starts filling up so much that like Biggie kind of like jumps up on the side of the wall. Are we, and wait, wait, Biggie is the one on the on the cart, right? And Kofi's pushing it because uh, Biggie's opposite, the one that's... opposite. Like Biggie's the one like who's like hanging back, and then like Kofi's the one who's getting pushed. And then he jumps up on the pipes and like shimmies across and grabs the key. And as soon as he does, all the fog like sucks back up inside, and they're able to like escape. Yeah, so what we saw, Max, is Xavier being tortured by The Undertaker, uh, psychologically tortured, including, are you sure that they're your friends? They let you walk into the fog by yourself. And so he's he's trying to he's trying to plant some seeds of doubt in Xavier Woods yes. that these two guys are his friends. And so he's this, eventually... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Max. It's really, like... I mean, I know the whole thing is supposed to be corny and it looks a lot like a really uh, like haunt, haunted house, like one that you would find in your local neighborhood. Um, but like this part where it was really like, can, can you trust your, your friends really felt so cheesy to me and yeah. continued throughout the whole thing. Yes. Uh, so eventually Xavier gets ejected back into the key room where Biggie and Kofi are waiting for him. <clears throat> And so they try to put in the key. It doesn't like it doesn't fully unlock the 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 thing. So we have what's the decision? The a decision here is to either go forward or what's the other one in this? Um, it's oh no, isn't it's, it? It's keep searching or something else. Keep searching or break the urn. Break I the think. urn, yeah. Like destroy it. Like yeah. try and destroy it. So I kept searching. What did you guys do? Yeah, I wanted to keep searching too because I basically wanted to get to like the other rooms I hadn't seen. Yeah. I feel like I must have tried to destroy the urn. <laughs> but I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, we we follow them upstairs where they they end up in a library, the Undertaker's now, library. I'm going to drop in uh the chat this this I took like a couple screen grabs from the library part because this part made me laugh. Uh-huh. Pretty hard. And I'll mention it while it's uploading for you guys. Um if you want to click it, but they get into the library and um you hear one of them go, "Whoa, this is Taker's library." And then one of one of them goes, "What do you think he's reading?" And Biggie's like, "I don't care," <laughs> <laughs> which just like felt like I couldn't tell if like was actually ad libbed, or he's like, "Shut up, who cares?" <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, uh, Xavier also has a little quip about uh, what do you think he's reading? A Dead Valley Daily? Yeah, death. Or do you think yeah, Death Valley Daily? He's like, yeah, because he, because death. Well, I guess like the Undertaker's know. original uh, place of origin was Death Valley. Oh, another reference. Another I reference. Guess. So uh, Big E finds a book which contains a file called labeled power. And so 
You have the choice of either leaving the vial behind or taking it with you. What did you guys do? You better believe. I have to imagine we all took it, right? Yeah. Nope. No. <laughs> I, I left it. Wow. There's a trick. There's an Undertaker trick. It no, was... I just wanted to see what would happen if you didn't. Oh, no. They both froze. It was like in my head. I was like, this is hidden in a book. So I persuade oh, them or like, you know, more, more obvious. And the fact that they like just found it to yeah. me was like, mm, this is going to come in handy. And I'm like, wanted to have it on my person. Yeah. So. Sorry. That was my, that mm-hmm. was my internet that time. Sorry guys. All good. Did you miss it? Uh, you missed us? I, uh, I got to the part where we were talking about you not picking up the vial. Yeah. Uh, screw it. I, I, I knew it was an undertaker tri- uh-huh. trick. But I also just wanted to see what would happen if we if I got to a point where I needed it and didn't have it. Yeah. Uh, so we we two of us took the vial. One of us didn't. Um, we then see that Woods is he presses on like a trigger and like the alligator mouth opens and then closes and then opens and closes. And so you can either and then uh, Kofi discovers a secret passageway. So you can either fi- follow Kofi. Or you can uh, hang out with Woods and Big E as they try to get into the alligator's mouth. Which one did you guys choose? I stayed in the library. I tried to get the alligator mouth thing because mm-hmm. I had seen it in the picture yeah. upstairs earlier. Yeah. Max, what'd you do? Yeah, same. I went with Kofi. And uh, say, like sort of same thing happens to Kofi that happens to Xavier where the Undertaker then... So Kofi ends up in a like a control room of the undertakers where he noticed like it's basically like a a, one of those like security rooms where there's like a thousand monitors and so he Mm -hmm. notices that the undertaker has been spying on them the entire time from this control room and as he's like noticing that he starts to hear the undertaker coming from a, a hallway behind him and so you're either given the choice to confront the undertaker or to flee and so kofi me as kofi i fleed and you escape, you basically get like a like a diehard style thing where he falls into a vent and starts to like crawl through the vent and escape the Undertaker. And then he ends up back in the key room where Biggie and Xavier are waiting. What happens mm-hmm. to so, w- Biggie w- and Xavier? Wait, full, full transparency, I did end up doing this route at another point. Because oh, okay. it gives you the option if you get through it and you don't have the power vial to go back and redo it a oh, okay. different way. Uh, so I did end up following Kofi there and I did, uh, go after the undertaker Oh, and, uh, and he takes you out and he, he basically just like, uh, same deal. He, he's talking about how, you know, your friends don't like you and stuff yeah. and, then, and then you lose <laughs> and then you like kind of have to, uh, go back and do it. So then the next time I, I dropped down yeah. and, and left. Uh, so, Robert, what happens when you hang out with Biggie and Xavier in the library? Uh, they, so they how how they do it is like they prop um, Xavier up, and he reaches into the alligator, and then Biggie like steps on the switch to make it open. But then he has another one of his kind of like attacks where he's feeling like weird from having his soul drained, and stumbles off the lock. So like the mouth clamps down on Xavier's hand, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Ah, get me out of here." He recovers and opens it up and they, he falls out. And then he falls like off the ceiling, like with the key, 
lands in Biggie's hands and is like, oh, <laughs> we got the king. <laughs> like, it just is it immediately. I think you also hear like a little sting of like their music. The New Day's music. Yeah, they kind do of, that. And moments they do like that. that we're like, dun, dun, dun. They do it frequently like, through the thing where like they start to celebrate for like two seconds and their music starts to play. <laughs> it's really, I do enjoy that. I love that about it. We're just like, there was never like, they were never like, even if they were scared, they were like, we're the New Day. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so um, they all end yeah. up in the key room together. Now we yes. have we have both keys, and so they put the keys together. Kofi realizes that they can be placed together, so they turn it, and then the the urn is now free. And so the Undertaker tells them, uh, "If you touch the urn, you must face your fears." And uh, their reaction is just like, "Yeah, right." And so they all, yeah. at the same time, three hands on top of the urn, and so you're able to choose whose fear you'd like to face. Who did you guys choose? I wasn't given enough love to Big E this most of the, the time, so I got I went with his fear. Yeah, Max, what about you? Uh, I'm glad you picked Big E because I ended up I had to go through this twice, and I ended up uh, picking both Xavier. I think Kofi the first time, and then Xavier. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because I I also but, picked Big E. Mm, earlier in the uh, in the sh- in the episode, they show like what their fears are. They mm-hmm. show Biggie with the uh, uh, spiders around his face. Yeah. And then they show um, Xavier. What He was buried alive, I think. Oh, and then, okay. And then Kofi, like it doesn't show anything really. Mm. And so I thought like, what's going on? That's why I followed Kofi. So what, what was and Kofi's, it, what were Kofi and Xavier's fears? Uh, Kofi's fear was that, like nobody respected him and that like there's a clip of he was him in a room and he was watching a TV and like it was just a bunch of like announcements from uh, WWE. There's one like Vince McMahon saying, you know, like, hey, you're if you were if you were worthy enough for the championship, you would have gotten it already. And uh, and then a, a, another scene of uh, the three of them, Biggie and uh Xavier are talking to Kofi saying like you you ruined that match you like uh like we would have had that if it wasn't for you or something like that mm-hmm. so he's just like it's low self-esteem that he's fighting so funny that like that one is much more like like internal and like <laughs> yeah. introspective where it's like I'm afraid of spiders like I'm afraid of being very alive it's like I just want everyone yeah. I want people to respect me like <laughs> and that's why they didn't show anything from yeah. it in the in the first rehash um, and then when I followed Xavier, I thought this was fairly dumb, but he's being buried by the undertaker and then he wakes up in a coffin. But the thing is like Kofi also wakes up in a coffin. Yeah. Like everyone ends up waking up in a coffin. So the fact that like Xavier's was th- actually being in a coffin. Yeah. Just like a so, good standard scary thing. Like even if it's not your exact fear, but it's, it, it must be what it was. They like actually asked him what their fears were. And he's like, I'm not telling you They're like, all right, we'll just go with this. But yeah. the, the thing is it kind of plays out of he's being buried and then, like, uh, and then at the end of that, when everything resolves, he's like still buried, and yeah, and then he just wakes up with the other guys buried yeah. there as well. Uh, so Big E's is that yeah, he's in like a like it looks like one of those like things you'd see in Saw. He's in like a his head is in a box, yeah, and the Undertaker releases or, or, a bunch of or Fear Factor or starring Fear Joe Factor, Rogan, yeah. uh, starring uh, Dave Chappelle's touring partner Joe Rogan. Um, and he releases a bunch of tarantulas into the thing, and you are given the choice to either join the Undertaker or stay positive. Robert, what did you do? I did stay positive too. Of course, I yeah, yeah. Stay positive. 
So the under uh, Biggie says, "I'll never turn on my friends," and then he wakes up in the coffin, as we talked about. Um, they awake. I, I ended up joining. This, I think it already passed, maybe early on, uh-huh. uh, like w- when Kofi goes to chase the Undertaker. But I did end up turning to the Undertaker and joining his side, and Kofi's uh, eyes turned like purple, and then he started laughing, and then it, and then it said, "I failed." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so they all end up in like the Undertaker's workshop where he's uh, working on I I forget what he's building, but he's clanking on something. I think he's just hammering a nail yeah. on the anvil. He's, yeah, he's just yeah, it was like pulling him. a nail out of something. I thought because it was like it looked like he was like t- taking apart a coffin or something. Yeah. So <laughs> he's like, listen, I'm still an Undertaker, okay? I still have to make <laughs> pine boxes like everyone else. <laughs> so they they go to confront the Undertaker. You're given a choice of charging with Woods attacking with biggie or kicking with kofi uh i chose to kick with kofi what did you guys do i did the biggie attack i did both of those yeah uh so i it, kofi gets swatted away pretty easily like undertaker catches his leg and like throws him back to the to the new day uh what happens yeah, with biggie Big e gets knocked away too i'm pretty i have to imagine all of these get like this swatted away and then they all decide like they have to fight together yeah. to beat him yes so they get into a brawl with the Undertaker. Undertaker eventually gets the best of all of them, and as he's dragging Biggie to to consume his soul again, uh, Kofi grabs like I don't know, like a trash can or something lid, and like hits Undertaker in the back, and then hits him over the head. And they all, is he dead? Did we kill him? And we also didn't mention that um, right before the fight. Yeah, Undertaker takes his hat off and exposes his incredibly large forehead and. Uh, what I have to imagine is just like a litany of extensions. That, that hair looked maybe. I feel like if there were extensions I, I think, and stuff, yeah. you might as well just go like a wig or something at that point. It, fe- it seems like he just has very thinning hair. Also, I'm not trying I mean, to like. Yeah, I know he has thinning hair. But yeah, like, it is. What I it don't is, imagine like, he's keeping his hair that long year round for. You I know who knows for hey for specials like this. I want him every holiday. I feel um, like if you're going to ramp up your hair, if you're going to do something to it, you would do a bit more than he had done. I feel like that's yeah. got to be natural hair. Okay. That, yeah. Fair, I think it was fair, natural. Yeah. Um, and I just, I was just kind of like, why didn't he keep his, is it because like he's going to be running around? He can't have his hat on. Cause he looked more intimidating that way. Yeah. But I also I thought, cause like there's, <laughs> there's shots of him earlier in the thing where it looked like he didn't have hair. So I, I didn't know if that was like just an editing mistake and like, oh. you know, this was this itself was, a wig or extensions or something, but I just, it depends on how close he is to the urn. <laughs> that's the true. That's there. true. Uh, so, uh, woods and Xavier or woods and Kofi get both grabbed by the neck. He's going to give a double choke slam to the, the new day members, but big E remembers he has the vial of power. And oh, so or does he, <laughs> or does he, of course, every, anyone would take the vial of power. So yeah. there's not really a, a, there's no reason you wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, so you're as Biggie remembers, he has the vial. You're given the choice of either taking the urn or destroying the urn. What did you guys choose? Uh, I was worried because I think like uh, Kofi and Xavier were both like it's or they were like, it's evil. Like we need to get. I don't remember if like they were advocating for destroying it or not because they wanted the urn to begin with. Right. Like, they assumed that they could take it. And combine its power with their positivity. I thought one of and them I, was advocating for taking it. The other one was destroy. Maybe that's what it was. And at this point, I was like, it feels like we, they overstepped. They can't incorporate his power without turning evil. So yeah. I was like, we got to destroy it. Yeah. So that's what I picked. Max, what about you? Yeah, both times 
with and without the power, I destroyed it. Yeah. Uh, so I also chose destroy. So Big E takes a swig of the vial, of the power vial. Undertaker is befuddled that he found this vial that's just hanging around what? in his no. house about the only thing that can destroy the urn is just something he has in his house. Mm-hmm. Um, so Wait, he's... where did you find the power vial? <laughs> yeah. So Big E t- swigs it. Power of positivity radiates off of him. He picks up the sledgehammer and he smashes the urn into oblivion. And we see that the Undertaker has vanished. His hat is all that remains. And there is a magical coffin that they did not see earlier in the in the night. They was all walk there before. <laughs> yeah, they all walk towards it, and then they individually emerge from a coffin that is outside the Undertaker's mansion. They have succeeded in destroying the urn and stopping the Undertaker. So if you do that without the the power vial, what happens is he he hits it with a sledgehammer and it the urn falls to the ground, and then all of them uh, try and run to it before the Undertaker can get to it, and um, I think that's what happens. Anyways, they all run to it, they grab it, and uh, they just teleport outside essentially, huh. and. Um, you can see the coffin that they would have exited out and behind them, mm-hmm. but they just say like, "Wow, did did that did the urn just get rid of us? We we didn't actually get it. Um, like, we we just got to get out of here." Yeah. <laughs> like, but then it says like, "You didn't destroy the urn. Uh, would you like to try again?" Yeah. Wow. The new day wins. They celebrate. They're like, "It is another new day," and he's like, "It's a play on words because it's a new day and we survived the night." Yeah, so yeah, they they have their little funny bit about the new day name, and they and you are given the choice to either so you're given the choice to either see everyone else's fears or rest in peace, and so you can replay everybody's fears or you can just end the thing, rest in peace. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. It was silly, it was corny, but I thought it was I thought it was fun. Yeah, yeah I thought so too. I, and it's like not too long, and if, unless you're like going back and doing everything over again on purpose to see all the branches, it's like. Yeah, short and sweet. It's, you yeah. know, like 35 minutes. Yeah, the decisions ultimately don't like, like it kind of covers a little bit, you know, each one anyway. It's like, when I was upstairs, I saw this thing. You kind of you yeah. know, get the vibe of that stuff. So I don't know, not a complete fail on my, like, I don't know. I think this is like almost like the perfect length of something like this too, whereas Bandersnatch, I think, felt a bit longer. Um, and not that that's not, it, it can't be or shouldn't be like movie length or something like that, but this just felt like, for what it was and the kind of silliness and what level it was at, it felt like a nice, just little sweet, silly thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I think by my like second run through to try and get the real ending, uh, I was pretty much done with it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, I think it, it really doesn't have too many legs to stand on and it's not very interesting. The, the well, device the, the re- that they do like the replay value is low. It is like, it, it, yeah, low. I would say if you've done it once, it's not worth doing again, but Whereas like Bandersnatch, I feel like the decisions you made really have an impact on the on mm-hmm. the where the story goes and it like brings in the idea of redoing stuff in general. I thought I, I thought Bandersnatch nailed it a lot better than this one, but this one was just 
I think them having a lot of fun. Yeah. One thing that I was kind of surprised by was the fact that these guys fight for a living, how terrible the fights were in this. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't even really incorporate wrestling moves. There weren't like yeah. choke slams involved. He nope. did pick people up by the throat, but no choke slams. The closest it got to wrestling was like getting hit over the back by some prop. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like even when Undertaker was doing his punches, they like gave it an effect of he's like doing magical punches. Yeah, at him. there was also a point where he also shot like force lightning at the new day. Oh yeah, he lifts up into the he flies into the air and then shoots lightning at him. <laughs> it was weird. It it sort of feels like this is the sort of thing where they could have like he could have just had like a weird wrestling ring in his workshop that they just did like a couple of like rudimentary wrestling spots in. And that's like the fight scene that they have. But instead, yeah, it was like weird, poorly choreographed fight scenes. But I yeah, think- like what if it was like, yeah, he had like a training, you know, a training gym downstairs. Like this was be where Undertaker trains. And he's like, you're in my ring now. And then like it's kind of like a quick little match or something. Right. Like, yeah. Know. Yeah. Considering like the only reason you'd be really into this and watching it is because you know the undertaker and you know the yeah. new day from wrestling i think this is i think the the sweet spot audience for this is dads who have watched wrestling with their kids who also watch wrestling mm. i think this is like primarily or moms it doesn't have to be dads but you know like adults with their kids who also watch wrestling so i think that's kind of what this was entailed for and it's not very scary like it's it the the you know like the imagery i guess of the spiders is a little like whatever but it overall it's not it's not a very scary thing the the scariest parts for me were like i've been watching lovecraft country so like it felt like there was a racial component to this even though there wasn't Uh like built into it but because there's so much of that in lovecraft country where you have like if you have three black characters going into a white person's mansion and a white person's trying to kill them (laughs) like entirely racial intentionally in lovecraft country in this way it just happens to be a tag team yeah, this uh, one is because like they're so positive. Yeah. And yeah. so Yeah. <laughs> and then the and then the the second thing that scared me was Undertaker taking his hat off. Yeah, that is a that is a frightening <laughs> sight. That's a good point. Um well great. I had fun doing it. <laughs> I hope you guys had fun too. I uh, if you do this, uh do it on Halloween because it's the scariest night of the year and this is a really scary juicy on adventure. Yeah, I heard and in fact I heard a rumor it's even scarier on Halloween. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh so anyways, that'll do it for this episode. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.